So I've got to give you guys an update on how my plan to shoot Frank with the two guns he got me. Nerf guns. Nerf guns, very important for my my birthday went. Uh, But before I tell you, I just want to stress, like, we recorded the show last, what was it, Wednesday? It was Wednesday night. It was before all the horrific stuff happened last week. So it was before Dallas, all of that. I would not have done this if those events had happened before it. So just as I'm telling you the story, understand this, the context. So we started Rocket last week. I was announcing to the world my diabolical plan to wait for Frank to come home and then to wait on my roof with my Nerf sniper rifle and my Nerf assault weapon and shoot him as he left the car. So, you know, I activated Find My uh, friends and I'm sitting there. I'm actively tra- you know, tracing Frank coming home. And usually it just takes him 20 minutes to get home. It took a really long time. And I'm watching. I'm like, huh, huh. So, you know, I keep like, I'm, I'm up there on the roof and I'm baking because it's hot. <laughs> and, and finally he keeps coming home. He starts texting me like, oh, I'm 20 minutes away. I'm 10 minutes away. And I get there and he, like, I'm waiting up there. I've got my gun. And he pulls in and I see that he has a crate of Nerf weaponry in the back of his car. (laughs) And he's staring right up towards the roof. And I tell you, it was like the Matrix. Like he opens the door of his Toyota Corolla, like guns blazing, as like aiming up at the roof looking for me. And I butt skid all the way down our roof. I land on the ground. I run around to the backyard and I just start firing at him. And then I follow up with this with the Nerf assault rifle. So what he'd done is it was just like a one in a million chance that he goes, oh, I'm going to listen to Rocket today because no. it went live. Oh. So he knew no. all about the plan. And stopped off for a crate of Nerf weaponry. So I was going to ask who sold you out, but it was you. Right. You no, sold it was yourself me. out. I did it. <laughs> oh, it was very, no. very diabolical of him. So I got shot a lot. Um, he got shot a lot. So, you know, guns at home, just bad idea, I think. So. Well, I mean, on the bright side, we're going to have one more regular listener of the show, and his name is yeah. Frank Wu. <laughs> yeah. Hi, Frank. Thanks for, thank, thank, thanks for joining oh. us. <laughs> <laughs> He'll never trust again. Oh, I love that. I baked up on our roof for like an hour. Like, like, like you have to You're go like, get what a foundation so shame. Yeah, yeah, it's really not good. So, so I have to understand. You took a bus to me. Yeah, seriously, no. Simone. The bus broke down. No, I did yeah, not. What, I took a bus what? to Boston. Oh, and then I met okay. my cousins there, and then we drove to Maine. However. Right. Some timing things happened that made both of my buses to and from Boston hellishly, hellishly Ooh. horrible. So, so tell us about Not the this. buses. So, I, I, I was going to my grandmother's surprise birthday, her 85th birthday in Maine. I haven't seen her since I moved to New York. She lives in Vermont. Um, lovely lady. Happy birthday, and Grandma. Yeah, happy birthday, Grandma. I don't think she listens to the show. I'm sure she fine. doesn't. I don't care. Uh, I'm just, it's probably a good thing she doesn't. I'm just shouting it out to the it universe. because I still have to explain to her that I don't make video games. I make videos about video games every time I see her. I love her. <laughs> you should you should make your own video game just once. Yeah, just, just so, so she'll, just be, so she'll right. be like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Here it is, Grandma. My video game that I've been working on for the last, I don't you know, You should just show years. her something like Overwatch. It'd be like, yeah, I did that. <laughs> just, yeah. just, just, That's me. Diva, that was all my idea. She's not going to no, know. I am Junkrat, so. just in real life. Like, yeah. God. Yeah. So now I, I ended up, I, I was at work until like two in the morning on Friday. It was Thursday night and my bus was at four. So I had this like nightmare scenario where I was working and then I Ubered home and I packed and I Ubered right back down to the Port Authority and got on a bus at four in the morning. And I was and it was freezing. So like it was like 80 degrees in New York all that week. And as soon as I get on that bus, it is like it is 60 degrees, possibly colder. I don't understand temperatures. It's freezing. I packed for a beach vacation, and what I got was three straight days of Maine, raining, no sunshine, no humidity, just like straight up 50 degrees the whole time. It, I suffered, you guys. I was at the whim of nature. I'm very sorry for the whim of nature. I do have to ask. You, you had checked the weather before, right? <laughs> I did not because I was packing at two in the morning because I was at work. Okay, 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 okay. Here's the I thing. made a mistake. And this is like the one time that I made yeah. that mistake. And of course, people are giving me crap for it all weekend. And I'm like, a- the one time. Well, the one time. I always pack leggings. I overpack. Anyone who knows me will tell you that I am an overpacker. And I pack an outfit for every variety of weather. And it frustrates people to no end. And the one time that I don't do that, Maine is like, suck it up gonna be 50 degrees <laughs> enjoy your short shorts <laughs> so is that why you were a little terse to me i'm like hey simone no great oyster bar in in uh maine you're like i do not eat oysters <laughs> <laughs> that was probably why you're freezing you're freezing I, this I is like the zero story. sleep <laughs> i was dying you're but like this i don't is care story i can't figure out so if you're trying to get to Boston, like, I have no idea what a bus costs because I have dignity. Like $15. I do know, okay, $15. But the, the 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 train between Boston and New York, like, I take it all the time. Yeah, and but that, but, like, but that the is, difference between yeah. $15 and $60 is a lot. There is. And I also have to say, the bus, depending on what bus you take, it's uh-huh. not always terrible. I say this as someone hmm. who, well, you know when the terrible Amtrak crash happened mm, last yeah. year? Okay. Yeah. Well, it happened right before we were about to go do a conference that Mashable was doing in Washington, D.C. called the Digital Beltway Conference. And so it was a pretty ba- it was pretty bad timing on that part. So we all had, because they shut down the Amtrak lines, so we had to take a bus from New York to D.C. And I have to say, you know, the Bolt bus, I was not expecting great things. It wasn't terrible. So, hmm. I, I mean, look, I would personally pay the extra $45 and take the train, too, but I can totally understand why Simone took the bus, especially... I remember when you took that, that bus. Sorry, go on. No, it was a good bus ride. Taylor Swift favorited a tweet of mine while I was on the bus, which, which made my life, and that's how I'll always remember that bus ride, is the first time Taylor Swift ever favorited one of my tweets, or... or Probably not Taylor Swift, probably just whoever manages her Twitter account. Regardless, the account Taylor Swift 13 <laughs> favorited one of my tweets and, and it made my life. But anyway, um, I, I, I I have to say, I don't, having been on, I, I would have t- normally been way more judgmental, but having taken a bus, eh, I mean, hey, whatever. 
You do what you have to do. And to be fair, the bus ride back was not nearly as bad. It was actually like a tolerable temperature and I slept and stuff. Um, yeah, but that's the one that broke down. They're like, bus broke oh, down. It broke Breaking down? Pokemon it broke down. Stuff. It pulled oh. over so that the driver oh. could go to the bathroom. But it was literally like <laughs> everything was grinding. Oh my and God, just like stopped and couldn't. He was like, I can't, I can't. What? He's like, I, I there can't was hold it. a bathroom on the bus. <laughs> You you act like I'm traveling like an animal, like you've never I'm seen sorry. a greyhound I've before. Got, I'm picturing Christina it. can relate to this. When I think about buses, I think about like the church buses oh I took in the '90s when I was a teenager to like go to DC to pledge to you know save my virginity until I was <laughs> married, and then I had sex the next week. You know, like that's what I think. About. Well, and also real talk. Can we talk about those church well, buses? It was a lot like that. Actually, can we talk about those church buses and how much sex yeah. happened on those yeah. church buses? <gasps> Yes. Right? Yes. Right? Yes. Okay, not me, mom. I swear to God. But like also right. I well <laughs> that was actually funny. Um, A, I I by by the time any of that was happening, I had already like my relationship with with with, with God had, had was no longer like great. <laughs> so I wasn't going on church bus things, but I just remember being like in middle school and going on those buses and being like there are kids like doing stuff in the back seat that Jesus yeah. was not approved yeah. of. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, my uh, one of my best friends growing up, his name I he won't mind me saying was Brody Ivy. Like he got permanently kicked <laughs> out of my church <laughs> for getting his Mac on oh. in a very oh, graphic way no. with another girl that went to my church in the bus. So <laughs> yep, well, I, w- I was clearly yeah. on the wrong yeah. bus. You're clearly I should have been on that church Once bus to Boston. Look for a church bus. In, in, yeah. Instead, he had to pull over off the side of the road to pee. Now, did he use the bathroom on the bus <laughs> or did he like go in the bushes? Because I am imagining he a guy. Bathroom the on the bus. <laughs> we're <Okay>. not like <laughs> well. Uh, the we're civilized people. <laughs> I've had cab drivers. I've literally had cab drivers pull over to pee in bottles before. So I, wow. I have also yes. So I've come to New York. To New York. It's been waiting for you. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. And <laughs> we should talk about tech. Hello and welcome to Rocket <laughs> Accelerated Geek Conversation. I'm Simone de Rochefort. This show is brought to you by Casper and Blue Apron, <laughs> as well as women in game development breaking the glass. <laughs> so, I'm joined tonight by Christina Warren, senior tech correspondent at Mashable.com, and Brianna Wu, head of development at Giant Space Cat. How are you ladies doing? You have any more feel- to give me? I will does- call me, Simone. I will lend you $60 to take yeah, Seriously. You know like- what? Like, like I was going to say, like I didn't realize the bus broke down. I didn't realize that you had the temperature thing. It like- didn't break down. <laughs> it broke down. It That's broke confirmed. down. I mean, um, look, well, the driver was, was unable to make it to the destination without pulling over. And anyway, we're just saying... And the Amtrak has, you know, the, the 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 cafe car where you can get Jimmy Dean sausage biscuits at any time of day. Yep. If um, I can't yep. afford a train, how do you think I'm going to buy some Jimmy Dean sausages <laughs> in the cafe car, Christina? I mean, again, this is where Brie and I Venmo you. Yeah, yeah. We, we, uh, we've got you. We've got, we've got you got next you time. So we're, 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 we just want you to be okay. But we're, 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 we're glad you had fun in Vermont, even though you were cold. Um, yeah, yeah. It was just, it was... We're, we're never going to not make fun of you for this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. Just, just add it goes. to the list. 
Add also, to you the need, list you need of to things enjoy that oysters. people won't let go. All right, fine. <laughs> All right, let's let's let's. So should we should we do an ad? <laughs> I think we, we probably to. should. I think we should. Here, we have a great one to start with because this episode of Rocket is brought to you by Casper, and you'll never guess what happened to me two weeks ago. I think it's two weeks at this point. A mattress was delivered. To my doorstep. What? As I what? was on my sick bed, a mattress came to me from Casper, a beautiful Whoa. full-size mattress. And lo and behold, when I became unsick, I unboxed this mattress and I am sitting on it as we speak. How do you feel about that, ladies? I'm jealous. I'm very you jealous. jealous. I need a new mattress, yeah, yeah, so I'm yeah. very jealous. Okay, yeah. so Casper, if I don't you- need a new mattress, but my husband's ex-wife slept on this mattress Ew. with him, so it just feels dirty. You know what I mean? Wait, like, it is dirty. Rid you it, didn't get rid of it's it. Perfectly fine. Yeah. Yeah. I need Casper. Yeah. 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 Listen. Yeah. 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 Don't put this <laughs> off any longer. Casper, okay. as you know, is a company focused on bringing you a wonderful night's sleep. They've created. A mattress, one perfect mattress that they they sell to you directly through their website. So no going to some store, no trying to load a mattress into a truck. I don't know. No lying on mattresses that hundreds of other people have lied on in a sweaty brick and mortar box store. I don't know what how the other half lives. Um, this mattress comes right to your door and it comes in this box that is exactly the perfect height to be a standing desk, which is what I learned because when I was too sick to unbox my mattress, I used it as a standing desk. Uh <laughs> I, I, yeah, so, yeah, do feel free to make fun of me for that. <laughs> and it is vacuum-packed in there. So you open this box, you, t- you take out your big, thick roll of mattress, which is heavy as heck, and then you slit it open with this, like, special Casper-branded box cutter. You, like, there's, like, a cloth wrapping around it, and there's a plastic <laughs> really? wrapping inside that. They literally really? send me a special box cutter for this. I am not kidding. I, I have an unboxing video that I'm going to put up. I have just not gotten around to finishing it yet. So I do this. I, I think – I don't know if I did it quite right because when I watched unboxing videos online, it looked like it took a little – like, people would un- – they would open it, and then it would just kind of slowly inflate. But I cut through everything, and my mattress just kind of, like, exploded into life. It was so cool. It was everything I had ever been promised about a Casper mattress. It was just, like, poof. And, like, I- I- I'm trying to finish cutting to free it, and it's exploding as I'm doing that. And I'm like, no, let him free. Let him free. Um so I have a mattress now. It, it, I, I unrolled it or I un, unfurled it, whatever. It blossomed right on my bed, uh, but my bed frame. I pushed it into place. I immediately flopped down on top of it because I was hot and sweaty because a compressed mattress is a heavy thing to haul around when you are a person with no arm muscles. Uh, and I, I experienced true bliss. I experienced happiness. I experienced joy. I lay on this Casper mattress at several different angles to experience all of them. Uh, I enjoyed every single angle that I experienced. And uh, the first night, first full night that I slept on it, I had several dreams that I had like gone into work and forgotten to change out of my pajamas. And every time (laughs) I had this dream, I would wake up and be like, I should get up and change and like get ready for work. And every time I'd be like, no. You're like, no, I want to stay on the mattress. I'm going to stay on the mattress. I snoozed my alarm. I was so late for work the next day because I would not get out of bed. Oh. Um, so that's my story. 
So is it comfortable? Because, I mean, I've never laid on one. So, you know, the fact that, I mean, does it have springs in it? Like a real mattress? or It doesn't like, have springs. Does so it, yeah. it's a foam and latex. It is, it's very soft, but not like, not super, um, not soft in a way where it feels insubstantial. It's just like nice and cushy. Uh, I yeah. usually sleep on a firmer mattress. My beds previously have been described as rocks. Um this is definitely more more on the cushy side of that. Um, still firm. It's definitely got some sink to it, uh, especially on the edges where I have to sit for podcasting. It sinks a little more. But then in the normal sleeping position, it's not as sinky. And it is Ooh. it is very soft. And the actual the like texture, the fabric surface of the mattress, it just like feels really smooth and lovely to the touch. And it's nice and thick, too. Ooh. So cool. the one I have is a full. Uh, Foles usually cost seven fifty. Queen is eight fifty. Nine fifty is a king. Um, so that that's a darn a darn good price for a mattress. As anyone who has ever bought mattresses uh, from other stores knows, I I did that last uh, fall before I moved. I I bought a new mattress which I don't have anymore because. I left it in Washington, and Casper was kind enough to send me this wonderful, lovely new mattress so I don't have to sleep oh. on the Ikea nightmare anymore. Um, yeah, I, I'm very happy with it. I, I've been I, – when I got back from Maine, like after not sleeping for three days, the first thing I did was just face plant on it and experience true joy. So <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Cool. So if you want $50 towards any mattress purchase, visit casper.com slash rocket. Use offer code ROCKET. And, you know, buy yourself, buy yourself a treat. Buy yourself a mattress that your husband's ex-wife hasn't slept on. Casper. <laughs> That's a good tagline. They should yeah. they should look into that. I forgot to mention probably rates. the most yeah. important thing. It, uh, they do do free delivery. And then if you decide you want a different mattress, you can send it back within 100 days. Uh, totally risk-free. So casper.com slash rocket. Awesome. Cool. All right. I want to talk about Pokemon because this is everyone been in the world wants to talk about Pokemon. I mean, I mean, literally, like it, it went live like right after we finished our episode. Yeah. It was ridiculous. And like we didn't we knew that it was in beta. You know, we were playing it in beta at polygon.com. We did not have a release date. And then it dropped and it's the entire world kind of caught fire. At that moment, yeah, like it's, yeah. Well, I mean, look, it came to Australia first, and so we have a we have a Mashable has has a team in Australia, and so they were already on it. But then, you know, it was supposed to come to the U.S., but we didn't know exactly when it was going to launch that night or not. And then it finally launched at like like literally right after Rocket ended. And yep. and I was like, I think actually while we were recording it, it it had just you know gone out, and I was like, holy crap, you know. It's here. Everything it, cool happens while we record Rocket. It, this is true. So, okay, so Pokemon Go, for the you out there who do not know what it is, it is an augmented reality app by Niantic. Uh, these are the same people who made Ingress a few years ago. Um, a lot of people play Ingress, but at the same time, not a lot of people play Ingress. It's no, very niche, and the people who niche. play it are very, very committed to it. Um, so it, it basically, it was... It started as a partnership with Google. So it uses Google Maps data and turns local landmarks into things called portals. So you travel around, you conquer these portals. Pokemon Go uses basically the same sort of framework. It's almost a reskin of Ingress. I think, I think, uh, I think it, it's fair to say it's a reskin. 
Yeah, the locations okay. it's are a the reskin same. of Ingress, basically. It uses the Google Maps data. It uses uh, – and actually, um, they did use locations. So in Ingress, the portal locations, people could submit them. So if, like, landmarks and things, uh, notable sites in people's neighborhoods, they u- they took those same locations and turned them into Pokestops and gyms in Pokemon Go um, through a, a submission form that I think happened last September. I can't quite remember. But, it, yeah, so it, it was kind of user-generated in that way. Um, so Pokemon Go, you boot it up. You basically just walk around your neighborhood catching Pokemon, um, which populate your neighborhood based on um, human population, I believe. And you stop by local landmarks and get Pokeballs and stuff. And it's very... <sighs> It's like it's the most complicated thing to explain if you get down into the weeds of like different items and the gyms and what you actually do. But it's the most simple thing, and it it it's a very simple game. It's very I would, simple, I would yeah. Call and it's the gameplay shallow, actually. Oh yeah, for um, sure. Yeah, yeah. In fact, I don't know. I'm really curious about the longevity because I mean, I accept that this isn't going to be a full on Pokemon game with like. You know, learning fire type versus grass type and, you know, all that kind of stuff. I I accept that that's not the game that this is, but the battles are very, very simple. So I don't know. I'm honestly surprised because I know, I mean, phones these days 100% have the capability to play a Pokemon game, you know, as, as we know them on the Game Boy. I don't know why. Niantic chose to go a different route. So in Pokemon Go, Pokemon have power levels. You can feed them candy to like power them up. And a battle is basically just, um, in, if you're in a gym, a battle is basically tapping on the enemy Pokemon to attack and then swiping to dodge. So obviously, if you don't, if you don't bother swiping to dodge, you'll lose even if your Pokemon is more powerful. But if you do, you're going to win if you have the more powerful Pokemon. There's not a lot of strategy there. And then in when encountering wild Pokemon, all you have to do is uh, throw a Pokeball at them and, you know, catch them in that Pokeball. There's a circle around the Pokemon. You throw the Pokeball into the circle, boom, it's caught. So it's very, it is like the ultimate distillation of kind of what it means to play a Pokemon game. It, it takes some of those elements, but not, you know, I think the but ones that people very, who play well, the games would I call was, the most recognizable. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, I mean, it, it's a basic, basic Pokemon game. The one thing that's missing from it, I think that everybody wants is obviously the thing that made Pokemon, especially in Game Boy, so big was that was the trading aspect the fact that you could battle with Mm -hmm. friends you know that was the one reason you would actually use a link cable on a game boy um yeah and and you know because other than playing you know like dual player tetris like that was literally the only thing that that you know the game boy was really old by the time pokemon came out at least in the united states the game boy was, was like a decade old and um but but finally like there was a reason to use the link cable and uh that's the one part of it i think that's kind of missing any of the other game mechanics aside, and, and, and we can definitely critique those, but I think is is the fact that, like, you can't trade, you can't battle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I really agree with that. But I think, you know, this is, it's such a meaty topic this week because there are so many aspects we can look at. Like, obviously, the privacy nightmare that happened. Right, the um, You but... know, the legal situation between Game Freaks and Nintendo mm-hmm. and then, you know, the Pokemon company that owns this IP. Um, I, I guess to me, one of the really interesting aspects of this story is watching Nintendo's stock price shoot up, even though they get nothing from this app. Right. right. Even though, I mean, I, that, that's that's the funniest part of this, right? Is is that like, right. you know, Nintendo? Everybody associates Pokemon and Nintendo together as they should because 
fundamentally right. the company, you know, the characters are owned by Nintendo, the Pokemon, and, and then the Pokemon company licenses them from them and sells them to other places. But, you know, they're not responsible for this game. As, as, as Simone was just saying, you know, this is Niantic who made Ingress, you know, which was a Google spinoff, which, you know, they're the ones who are doing this. Like, this is, this is the most successful far and away, you know, like, mobile game offering, you know, that the Nintendo has had. But this is not a Nintendo product at all. Right. Yeah. Well, and that's what's really interesting because, you know, I mean, Simone, you've seen Nintendo try to do stuff like this so many times. Like the, you know, the the 3DS. Mm-hmm. You know, they keep trying this geolocation stuff or gameplay with cameras. I mean, how many times have they tried to pull it off? And then you, know, you get hardware that does it dependably without that you know, like Nintendo products kind of feel like children's toys sometimes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's just very fiddly. So to me, um, you know, I'm not one of these people that is always saying Nintendo's going to die, they're dead, blah, 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 um, or that they need to go software only, because I think you can look at Sega and see that hasn't really worked out well for them. Right. But this does give me a lot of pause about what the future of Nintendo is going to be, because clearly this is a really good fit for them. And I, 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 I don't know what to conclude from this. Like does Nintendo need to keep you know, making dedicated, you know, handheld hardware? I mean, I yeah. would say they do, but I think that they also need to go harder and, and create real games for, for the phones. I think they have to accept the reality. I mean, as, as you were just saying, and Simone can attest to this too, they've tried so hard to make the sort of AI, you know, a, augmented reality stuff work on other platforms, like on, on the DS. Mm-hmm. It hasn't worked. Granted, those the, 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 the DS is still a successful platform. It's sold really well. You know, they're still pumping out hardware. The games are good. Um, you know, like they sell more of those than they, than they obviously have with the Wii and whatnot, but like the Wii U. But, you know... Um, it hasn't taken over the world like this. I mean, this is literally one of the most popular stories in the world right now is this game. And the game, if we're going to be honest, is pretty simplistic. It's awesome and it's fun, but m- m- game mechanic-wise, it can be critiqued and should be critiqued. It's it, you, So you, you wonder, like, how much better would this be if Nintendo was actually actively involved and wasn't simply licensing its IP? And, and mm-hmm. so to me, I, I, I feel like, yeah, they probably will need – they probably, I think, as a company, are too proud to ever get out of making dedicated consoles, even though, you know, that might not always last for them, just just realistically speaking. But I feel like mm-hmm. this proves just that the interest in this, how much people want to play with this with, – with their IP and with their characters on what their real handholds are now, which are phones. And if they aren't considering bringing full games to the phone now, seeing the success of this, then I don't know if there's any hope for the company – if they mm-hmm. can't accept the reality that they have to do something, you have to meet people halfway. I do think that Nintendo games, other than Pokemon, could it could be very successful on phones, and that they definitely should explore that. I don't think that we'll see ever anything quite like this. Uh, I made a Pokemon Go explainer today, and one of the things that uh, my producer asked me to answer was why Why is this so popular? Why are, is it like lighting a fire under people in such an extreme way? And I think it's honestly because. A, if we're being honest with ourselves, the Pokemon craze has never actually died. It, it it peaked in the 90s and then it kind of went down to a low simmer, but it's still going. Like totally. you, there, I know people who are diehard Pokemon fans who have been for years and they're out there. And even if you weren't a diehard Pokemon fan in the 90s you know when it. that craze peaked, you knew of it. You knew someone who was into it. You were maybe a parent who was like, oh my God, why 
Why is my kid asking for these Pokemon mm-hmm. cards? Why does my kid want a Game Boy? You were peripheral to this and saw it happening, but you needed to buy something extra to access it and understand right. it. Now you don't need to do that. You have a phone. You can download download this app for free, and suddenly now you and everyone else in, okay, the United States, Australia, and New Zealand can, <laughs> and, but, but can understand the, the Pokemon craze. Yeah. It's soon to be soon to be everywhere else. I think it's in beta in Japan right now, and it will be launching um, everywhere else this week. It's had server problems constantly, which is another, like, it's it's very, very buggy. In its current state, I've had no shortage of problems actually playing it. But when I can play it, it's, it's so definitely fun. like, I, I'm not going to lie. It was pretty awesome to just be, you know, walking down the street after work last night and find the Clefairy in the middle of 40th. Like, I was like, oh, my God, this is the, in that moment, it was the coolest thing. And then the app crashed and I lost the Clefairy and I wanted oh, to no, die. I, was I say, wanted to walk uh, while, while in the traffic. Playing, I've, I've somehow caught two pitchies in my room. Um, not that I need any more <laughs> of them, but like any it's Pokemon fine. Pokemon in my room. I'm angry. Yeah, my husband and I, we've been leaving the house at like two in the morning yep. to go capture all the Pokemons. We do. We totally cheap. Frank drives. Um, I catch and I'll just be like, it's, we have to deliberately stay off highways or anywhere where like major roads because I can't just say like, Frank, slam on the gas. Like you can't do no, that. <laughs> so Uber drivers are like now like posting Craigslist ads, like basically saying $20 an hour will drive you around to play Pokemon. And people, oh, awesome. which is awesome, right? Super smart. And I've actually considered doing it. Like it's, I've on Thursday morning it was really funny, especially for it was I guess yeah it was Thursday morning Friday uh, the the app was down most of the day so it didn't happen most of that day but Thursday morning like right after the app had had launched I was walking to the subway from work and it's about it's you know a little more than half a mile away from my apartment and I was not the only adult without children who had my phone out <laughs> looking for Pokemon. And like that's continued every day this week. We're literally like, I've, I've found my way into playgrounds and I, I felt sort of like a creeper because I'm like looking for Pokemon and like there are other kids there. They're looking for Pokemon and then they're like adults. And I look around, and I'm like, you're not with a child either. You know, <laughs> fist bump. But like, it, th- th- this is a phenomenon. But I, but I think you're, you, you guys nail it. Like even if, if you didn't, weren't into this in the 90s, like this is still – um, you know, like a a series that is that is you know managed to last. I mean, I think I don't remember when it was. It was probably maybe five or six years ago. But I remember Pokemon outsold Mario, and so mm-hmm. like in terms of if you look at like Nintendo's franchises, like Pokemon is technically like the best selling franchise in their history, which is insane to think about, and it maybe makes some of us who are like Mario lovers like feel a little sad. But I think it points <laughs> to that's why it took this for this augmented reality thing that you know not just that so many game companies have tried I me mean, not just ingress but we've been game game developers have been trying to, to push this ar thing for years on mobile and nobody's cared you know it hasn't ever taken off with the masses like you'd have like little pockets of people who would use it like like the ingress fans but you would never have literally like the reason that the game is buggy is because the servers keep crashing and and you know um which is hilarious uh, they, they can't launch worldwide because they don't have enough servers and so you're like you're a Google subsidiary or you were part of Google. Like, can you not just like spin up a ton of like Google servers? Come on now. Well, like, don't they not work with Google anymore? I thought they broke with Google they did. Uh, after, after Alph- Ingress launched. Well, right. And after Alphabet. But I'm saying still, I mean, the fact that there's a Google account, th- these people are former Google people is my point, Simone. Like, okay, yeah. like, like yeah. My, my, my point is yeah. it, it's not as if they don't know people to call. 
You know what I mean? Which to me just underscores how huge of a hit this must be, that this was something that they were not expecting and that their engineering when they were building the game out, frankly, probably just, you know, couldn't couldn't stand up to, to the, the amount of users. It's uh, it's incredible. Yeah. It seems yeah, to have completely taken a lot of people by surprise, even though we all knew it was coming. It, it just kind of – I don't think anyone expected it to be quite this no. enormous. Yeah. You know, you have like CBS and NBC covering it, going, "What is this?" I mean, my my my, my company, I, I I joke because it's you have to, but we've gone, I think, from being a Game of Thrones fan site to being a Pokemon Go fan site. Like, that's- oh no, it's so true. So among Vox, uh, we were just looking at stats and stuff. The top stories on almost every single vertical were Pokemon stories. So that's at hmm. Curbed. That's at um, Polygon, at Verge, at Vox. Uh, I think SB Nation was one of the only ones who didn't have Pokemon stories up, but I'm not sure. But they have lots of traffic anyway because everyone loves sports. Anyway, uh, so we're looking at these stories like, oh my God, ev- everyone is getting in on this. Like every subset of people, every special interest group has something to say about Pokemon or is like curious about what is going on. It's really cool. I love seeing cultural phenomena like this. Like even though the game has frustrated me so far, it's so wonderful to kind of see everyone... Like the other day I watched, I walked into the elevator and there was a guy catching a Zubat and I was like, hey, there you are in my elevator, in my building at work, catching a Zubat. That's so funny. It's so cool. So I want to talk about the the privacy nightmare, but maybe we should do an ad and then and then move on to like the, the disaster that happened this week on iOS. Yeah. Sure. Let me tell y'all about Blue Apron. Because this episode of Rocket is brought to you by Blue Apron, whose mission is to make home cooking accessible to you, and to you, and to you, and to you, and to everyone. Just like Pokemon. (laughs) For less than $10 a meal, Blue Apron will deliver the ingredients for wonderful seasonal recipes directly to your home. You will pick up a box of delicious, you know, fresh, fresh food and a recipe that will instruct you on how to turn that food into a wonderful meal in 40 minutes or less. You can use it to feed yourself, feed your family, feed your dog, if that's what you're all about. I don't care what you do with this wonderful food as long as someone enjoys it, and someone is going to, because Blue Apron has darn good recipes and darn fresh ingredients. So you can customize the recipes or the deliveries that you get every week uh, based on dietary preferences. You can choose like delivery options, how many boxes of food you're getting a week, etc. It's wonderfully customizable and it helps you kind of cut out the pain of going to the supermarket to buy food and maybe, maybe not turn that food into anything. I personally this week have experienced ingredients just languishing in my fridge and going bad because See, I was I've never a had that happen ever. Nothing. I've never not cooked a blue apron meal because, because it's no, just, I, no yeah, not blue yeah, apron ingredients. Yeah. These were, that's why, because I didn't have a recipe. I went to the supermarket, I bought food and I wasn't sure what to do with it. And I was a fool and it languished and it went bad. And if you had blue apron, that would not be a problem for you. Cause you would have the ingredient right or the list, the recipe right in front of your face. You would have a wonderful meal that you would make and then you'd have no waste afterwards. So, you know, Learn from no, my mistakes, America. 
<laughs> I made uh, awesome, uh, you know, it's like an Indian dish. It's uh, chili pepper chicken last night. It was just this awesome sauce. And, you know, it took me like about 20 minutes to cook up, you know, cook, cut up all the ingredients. And then I just threw it in a pan. And then Frank is like, oh, you're such a good cook. And like, I still, I'm, I eat it and I'm like, I suck at this. Why is this food so good? So <laughs> I don't know. It's a, it's a lot of fun. I've, uh, I, I, if you'd told me a year ago that cooking would be one of my favorite things to do, I would not have believed you ever. Cause Christy, I'm like you, I'm like, you know, I'm an engineer. I got other stuff to do and I just freaking love it. Mm-hmm. And the research shows apparently that cooking together builds strong family bonds, which I totally believe because it can either be like a fun, delightful thing that you do together, or if you don't have a good recipe that's clear, it could be a hellish thing. But Blue Apron has wonderful, clear recipes that you will follow, and all your food will be wonderful. So, if you want to check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping, what? what? Three <laughs> free meals with free shipping from Blue Apron. Oh my god. Go to blueapron.com slash rocket. It will taste good. It will taste great. You will enjoy the process of making that food. Uh, thank you so much, Blue Apron, for your support of Rocket and of Relay FM. We super duper appreciate it. And we appreciate the way you make our stomachs feel. Maybe you could, you know, get those free meals to Blue Apron and then take that $60 or whatever you saved and use it to not take a bus and take the Acela instead. Listen, I'm never leaving the city of New York again. Okay. It didn't okay. go well. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, so, I mean, we've got to talk about the privacy nightmare uh, mm -hmm. because, like, my my Twitter has basically been on fire lately. Uh, so, I mean, Simone, do you want to kind of get into it or is it more techie? Yeah, I, I can get into it. So basically, sure, there are two sure. ways to log into Pokemon Go. One is by creating a Pokemon Trainer Club account, and the other is logging in with your Google account. Uh, the Pokemon Trainer Club account was down. It's been it's like down. up and down all it's been week. been down uh, most, most of the time. As far yeah. As, yeah as, last time I checked, it's been down. So the only way to get in is with your Google account. And as of the game's first launch up until, I believe, the update that was issued today or last night – it was today. Um, basically, it the authorization that it gave Google or that it gave Niantic was full permission to access your Google account. And that doesn't just mean like your name and login credentials, et cetera. It means everything. Yep. Everything. Oh, rewrite. They could go into like your Google Docs and like, you know, edit that. So I don't know. It's um, pretty serious stuff. Yeah. I have a, a point of confusion. So um, it, it was, I believe, Adam Reeve who broke this story and then uh, Swift on security on Twitter who kind of then blasted it out into the wider um, wider sphere of everyone uh, with their enormous audience. Um, so I had kind of understood that even though it said it gave Niantic full permissions – that was a UI error and it was not actually able to. Okay, so that's no, that, that, that's that's incorrect because if you actually went to your Google account to then revoke the certificate, which is what I did as soon as I saw what it was doing, I had a feeling that they would end up releasing an update that would change the Google profile. But but before that, you know, like I went ahead and revoked it, you could see that it had full access. Now, now the the, the question is, would Niantic take advantage of that? No, you know, and, and I don't think anybody was questioning that they would. The bigger concern was that they were requesting a token 
wanting this much information. And, and frankly, the, the bigger problem was on the UI side is that technically this was a violation of iOS rules because when you were doing this sort of login, I mean, this is obviously happening behind the scenes and it's impossible basically for Apple to know, but this is something where you should be pulling up a, there should be um, a, 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 a you know, model that, that comes up and says, you know, um, by signing in with this account, you're offering this, this, and this feature. You know, you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're giving permission for Niantech to do this, this, and this. And it didn't yeah. do that. And it's now all, it does that, but now, it did not do that no, originally. Now, now it shows we just are, are, are taking your email address and, and it's read-only. Now it says that. I actually just logged in and, and, and I saw that it did that. But back then it didn't tell you it was doing anything. And meanwhile, behind the scenes, if you looked at the token, if you wanted to de- deauthorize, it had access to the full stack of everything. I don't know. Um, you know, I've had a lot of you know strong disagreements with people this week. And, you know, it feels like a lot of people I know that aren't super tech inclined, they were they they kind of started by perceiving this as like an iOS problem. And you know, Christine, it's like you said, this is against the iOS rules. Right. And it's actually it's using the Google um account to, you know, basically this app has full access to your Google account. And you know, there was a big musical chairs game, I I feel, about whose responsibility this was. To me, I think anyone that's listened to a lot of Rocket, I, I think you can tell like we prefer Apple stuff on this show. But I, I feel like we've always treated Android very fairly. Yep. We cover Android a lot more than most um, you know, shows do on Relay, to be frank, except for material. Um, so you know, I would put my credibility on the line saying I think we've been very fair consistently with them. Um, I have to put this a thousand percent in Google's court. Every bit of this horrifies me. And let me tell you why. Um, you know, first, this company starts off as a Google startup. I get that they left. I get that they've gone their own way. But, you know, Google, if they're going to be this lackadaisical with giving full access to access to your Google account to third parties, that speaks very, very poorly to me uh, of Google and the standards. They, they kind of, you know, applied it that with the oversight. Um, yeah, that gives me a lot of pause, you know, a conversation I've had a lot with people that don't work in the game industry is this tension that exists between game companies, um, you know, which frequently operate by free to play model, trying to get all of this information about you. And it's so much worse than you can imagine. Like I think most of us, you know, accept that they're going to get some data about us. But I think if you understood like the way that they compare the metadata with other large sets of data to figure out your friends, um, you know, to basically send people these extremely expensive ads, which you'll see on Facebook or Twitter saying, Hey, will you install this? If you see an ad like that, that's because big data has assembled this data from either your friends or you and you know they believe that it's worth a two dollar bet that you will like install that. So you know there's this tension that exists in the game industry where you might have an engineer that was sitting there, and you know partially because of ethics, partially you know just frankly out of laziness, like have being responsible for salting and encrypting and managing that much data. You know, if an engineer is sitting there saying, I'm not really comfortable with this decision, getting this much private information about someone, what you're seeing in our industry is marketing coming over to them and saying, no, I want more. 
we need this data. You know, they, they just don't get it. Right. Like I've talked to these people. They, it's a game to them. Like privacy just doesn't click to them. So, um, you know, I, I think any guesses about why this slipped through the cracks is just supposition. Like we can't know, but I can say it's emblematic of a much, much bigger trend about free to play games getting a lot of data. And the last I'll say about this, um, you can look at my Twitter, and I spent quite a bit of time yesterday on my Android phone, which I use all the time, and I, I just randomly went to different free-to-play games on Android, and I took screenshots of the permissions that you were granted. You were granting these games, or your kids are granting these games when they download them for free. Disney games, My Little Pony games, like these are mainstream titles. They are asking for extremely similar types of data, Everyone you call, access to your camera, all your location, complete access to your history through Google, really draconian amounts of information. So yeah, that's that's my message is if you were choosing to like work with this free-to-play model, please understand this isn't an exception. This isn't an isolated incident. This is the way our industry operates. No, I I think that's valid. I think in this case, what it kind of points out to you too, I think is just kind of you know, the fact that there weren't checks and balances, like why, I don't think that, that I, I really don't think that they were asking for this because, you know, they wanted access to this information. I think they just requested higher permissions than, than were necessary and didn't bother to think about the consequences of that. I think it's as simple as that. I mean, like we said, we, like you said, we're not going to know, but I, I'm, I'm not going to ascribe malice to, to their rationale for asking this. But, but in, in some of the other cases, I don't think you can say that, you know, I think that for some, some companies, it absolutely is a business model decision for them to get as much information as they can, because, you know, part of the, thing for free to play is they need to get advertising profiles and, and that's the only way they can make the investment that they're making in these games. And it's a very real investment, make, you know, money for them. Um, so I, I, th- I think that, I think you're right. I think it is emblematic of a bigger trend, but I think in this case, you know, just, it really kind of, you know, t- to their credit, they did respond very quickly at first. They were like, no, it's not really a problem. Then I think they understood the significance of, of what the outrage machine was and that it wasn't going to go away. And to their, and, and to Apple's credit too, I'm sure because Apple had to push this through the, the queue to get updated as fast as it was, you know, the update was out within, you know, 24 hours of, of, of the news breaking, but, you know, thank goodness that we had people out there vigilant and looking at this stuff and, and figuring out what information this was collecting because if it hadn't i mean this is this is the most popular game in both app stores and and obviously this is this was just an issue i think affecting the ios token but still you know this is one of the most popular games if not the most popular game we've seen in years you know we haven't seen a phenomenon hit on on, on mobile games where, where, where apps are kind of declining anyway in years and and this could have been really really bad um if this was discovered you know several weeks down the line and, and for me what my, my big thing was is when I was talking to one of my colleagues about how we how we were writing the story, and she didn't really, I don't think, kind of like, kind of dismiss the significance a little bit. Oh, well, they're not going to use it to to break into your account. I said, you're right. I'm sure that they won't. But but do I trust their servers and not getting hacked, and then people having access to this stuff? You know, it becomes like a secondary question. It's like even 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 if you believe that Niantic had great intentions and would never abuse their power, it's like once they once they have tokens to give them that, that much information, that makes it that much more makes them that much more of a powerful target for somebody to pr- try to break into their systems. Yeah, and, and, and there my answer is always no. I don't trust X game company servers to protect anything that I have. So, 
even though I have to sometimes. Yeah, it, it, it was, it's been a, a whirlwind of, you know, excess joy over Pokemon Go to the sudden crashing realization of, like, the huge data breach to, you know, at the stasis we're at now where it, it's buggy and ideally no one's information has been stolen or hacked. <laughs> can, can I tell one quick story? And I, I'm going to keep all of the, the details out of this, but there is, there's a colleague that I have in the game industry. Um, they work at a very large mobile game conglomerate. You've definitely heard of their name. And they were telling me a story of sitting down and going through all this metadata that you have. Because, Simone, you were just saying, like, well, I just accept that they're going to get it. Um, they were going through all the info that they had about this person and it was pornographic, the amount of stuff they had on him, like where he goes every day, where he likes to shop, um, who his favorite sports team was like all of this kind of stuff. And they actually, uh, the game type that they were working on, it's, um, it's one of these game types where it's, uh, less content in the device and it's more of like accessing a web page dynamically. So they sit down and they go, you know what, we're going to try to just look at this data and make an IAP just for this person. And we're going to price it really high just to see if he'll buy it. And it was something kind of eccentric. And he totally did. He put down a ton of money about it. That is the amount of information that they've got on you. And it is it, it is a lot of it. So you know, for me, I'm a game developer. I obviously strongly prefer the pay for it upfront model, even though the public clearly disagrees with me. But I think that if we're going to keep doing this model, we need a lot more consumer awareness about mm -hmm. what the trade-off actually is. Okay, so you all you all know what what one lady game dev talks about when she's <laughs> with her friends. But have you ever wondered what all of them talk about when they're alone? What gossip, what salacious, dirty, filthy gossip the lady game developers have for you. And also what, what tips and what tricks and what things they have learned that have helped them survive in the meat grinder that is the game industry. So a book right now called Women in Game Development Breaking the Glass, uh, Breaking the Glass Level Cap is out this week from CRC Press telling personal stories from tons of the game industry's most outspoken developers, including our own Brianna Wu, who ha you have one chapter in the book. I have a chapter in it. Is that it's, true? A, it's a very practical how to guide about, um, you know, it's everything from like picking a specialty, like how to find something you can do in the game industry that will last you for a really long time, what areas to stay away from. And frankly, a lot of political advice about, you know, how to survive in honestly an extremely sexist field so um yeah there's um but like my chapter isn't the one i'm excited about this book like brenda romero she is awesome and she did a chapter do you know so, what her chapter is about i don't i will know when i get my free copy though so. Oh, that, yeah so it has people like brianna people like brenda romero who have been in the industry so so long and who know so many things and as well as some newcomers to the industry some fresh blood telling their stories of their challenges and their triumphs what they've been through you can get this book if you're interested in it <clears throat> now on amazon or direct from the publisher at routledge.com i'm gonna spell that out because it's one of those words you know that has some letters in it it's r-o-u-t-l-e-d-g-e.com so yeah 
check out this book. Let us know what you think of it. Uh, I'm very curious. I want to read your chapter, Brianna. It sounds intense. One of the reasons I said yes to this project, and this is, look, if you work in academia, more power to you. I respect you. Like we work hand in hand. Academia are the ones that come up with a lot of our 3D algorithms that end up like really changing the industry. But one of the things I really liked about this book when I agreed to do it is, you know, this isn't, um, you know, a PhD student sitting down writing some prescriptive theoretical thoughts about the game industry. Um, that's just not a project I would be interested in in participating in. This is like practical, pragmatic advice from women that survived here for quite a long time. So. Um, I guess that's just my message. Like it's a very pragmatic book with like real world stuff in it. Yeah. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for letting us know about it. All right. Gosh, do we want, do we have another, do we want to tackle the magic leap kind of? Yeah, we've got to. We've got to. Okay. I realize I just called it a non story, but yes, we will tackle it after talking about Pokemon for, I guess it hasn't been an hour because we did like, we did quite a bit of pre-show. Okay. So uh, magic leap is a super cool mixed reality technology where you can use your hands, um, to use your hands in the air to basically control what is happening with the computer uh, to input commands to the computer and it will understand them. Um, It looks super awesome so far, but we don't know a lot about it. And an article in Business Insider today talked about how the company Magic Leap has sworn thousands of people to secrecy. And these people are all apparently very excited. Uh, A lot of companies like... uh, Disney and Lucasfilm, well, Lucasfilm owned by Disney, companies uh, are working with Magic Leap on stuff, secret stuff that is super cool, but nobody freaking knows what it is because of all the NDAs, a literal mountain of NDAs. That's my that's my 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 pitch for this topic. Well, I think the other really important thing about it, yes, the 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 hands in space aspect of it is really cool, but like this is a Google Glass idea that is infinitely more sophisticated, at least according to what they're claiming. Like it's AR, so it's more similar to Microsoft HoloLens, but like they are claiming things like your eye cannot distinguish the difference between you know what Magic Leap is providing and you know like reality. So um, you know, I mean, Christine, I'd love your thoughts on this because it's I don't know. It seems that either they've really got something revolutionary here. Or they've got like a really scary legal situation of like hyping up their investors to this degree. Yeah. <laughs> is it the Theranos of VR or is it the, I, I don't know. I think there's a, there's a reasonable concern. I mean, there. I, I think yeah. that the seeing what's happened at Theranos, we should be asking these questions. And, and I guess what concerns me more than just the NDAs, which I mean, it, it is what it is, is the fact that what stories we have seen about the company and what information we do have has been so secretly guarded and has been so shrouded. Like there was this, this great, you know, wired story, which gave us a better look at anything they've been doing. And that was, and I'm not criticizing the person who wrote the story at all, but, and because I've certainly, 
had stories that were part of access journalism too. And, and, and the term access journalism basically means, you know, that you agree to play ball with a company and they give you what they give you and, and you, you write what you, what you can with it. And, and, and obviously, you know, the, the wired reporter did a really good job. It was a well-written story, but it was, you know, you walked away with it. I think it was Neelai at the verge, like wrote, you know, like I still have all these questions after this huge profile of this company. Um, and, and that was kind of fair. Like it was this big, kind of hyped up look at their technology and what they're supposed to be doing. But you walked away not really knowing anything more than when you walked in, just kind of being excited that what they're doing is exciting. And to me, that's almost as disturbing as the fact that, that like anybody who works there, you know, can't talk about anything and, and has to sign all these contracts because it's like anybody, any reporters, anybody who's even trying to get access to the information, it's just been, it's being so carefully crafted. It's like, you know the way their storytelling is 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 like more it's like worse than taylor swift you know what i mean <laughs> like like in terms of the control factor like like it's even more like i i, I don't know it, more secretive more like letting things trickle out very well, intentionally I, I mean secretive i just mean like very like controlled you know what i mean like 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 very poised like very posed you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like everything that yeah, comes out yeah. is it, the, the, the massage. The, the messaging is very much whatever messaging magically wants to put out. Nothing's happening organically at all. That's so interesting. I it kind of it, it makes me wonder about leaks of the kind that we've seen. Like I mean, leading up to a few Apple um, announcement this year, we've seen things leak, and th- things seem to leak pretty regularly, and probably in in some ways purposefully. Oh, definitely. Uh, some of them are, but, some of them aren't. But yeah, but you have leaks. Yeah, yeah. But there's we don't know anything about. Well, I mean, I think it's worth saying this is a fundamentally different kind of technology. Like this is closer to snow crash, you know, where the technology like uses a laser to draw images on your eyes, allegedly, like according to what the the, the press is saying. So if you're developing a technology, you have two choices. Um, one is you can get a patent on it. And, you know, like we've seen how that patent system works, or you can make it a trade secret, meaning you keep it like you don't patent it and you keep the entire process as secret as possible. So, you know, maybe they're just trying to keep it hidden for as long as possible. So, you know, this this new area, other people can't really get into it. You mm-hmm. know, like that that's my interpretation. I feel like I have to say, though. Um, you know, we've talked a lot about Vive on the show. I love my Vive. I don't love my Oculus. I've, I've barely used it and I don't plan to till touch controller comes out. But now that I have one in my house and I can use it anytime I want, I find myself, and I'm sorry to say this, really skeptical that VR is going to eat as much of a market share as I did when this was not something I had access to every day. It's true. It's very, very immersive. But the truth is, even games that do everything really well and keep the nausea factor as low as possible, it's a tech you really only can play in bursts. Mm-hmm. You know, it just, it's hard to explain, but it's just like, it's like an iPhone game. And even though it's that much more intense, like you're never going to have people grabbing a VR headset and just casually putting it on like you pick up your iPhone and get addicted to it. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm very confident in this direction for the future of technology, but I find myself believing that HoloLens and Magic Leap, if it works, 
that is going to be more the direction that's successful. I think VR is going to end up being more of a niche, just to be honest. Mm-hmm. So VR, the ingress of virtual reality, HoloLens, the Pokemon Go of virtual yeah. reality. <laughs> yeah, I think that's it. I Speaking think that's of which, it. what a perfect device to play Pokemon Go on. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I I have I have interest in what Magic Leap does, and I mean, at the rate that technology is advancing, I wouldn't you know doubt anything that they say they can do. But yeah, it, it is strange to me. Nothing, no information. Anything <laughs> anything left to wrap up with? Ah, I'm good. What about you, Christina? I, I'm good. I'm, I'm with you, Bree. Like I don't want to be skeptical, but I am. I believe it. I believe it when I, when I have one in my home. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Send a magic leap to us here at Rocket, <laughs> and then we'll believe you. It's as simple as that. I think the one thing I would say is HoloLens is out there. And like, Christine, have you, I know you did the first tech demo or someone in your office yeah. did. I can't remember. Have you, have you played it lately? I haven't played it lately, no. It's really good. <laughs> like, like I, I don't know. I think... I, I find myself, if I had to bet on anyone doing, like, winning currently, it would be Microsoft. So, you know, take that for what you will. Dang. Put your money on Microsoft, Rocket listeners. Right. What are we up to this week? Bree, what are you up to? Uh, I have a piece tomorrow coming on Daily Dot. Yay! Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's on Ghostbusters and kind of the backlash against that. Um so I've got that. Um, I'm interviewing uh, one of the most important women that works for Apple. Um, so it's um, it's Anna Leno. She's a DJ on Beats One. So basically, they got one of the best known women DJs in the entire world, if not the best uh, known, and gave her a two hour show a week on Apple Music. So. Um, you know, Apple Music, I think consumers are a little bit confused about what it offers versus Spotify. And one of my very favorite features is like this live show that comes out every single week that you can listen to extremely well-produced dance music for two hours. So uh, I'm interviewing her. I've got a piece in I'm More about that. And I have another I'm More piece that's coming out this week. Christina, what about you? Uh, I'm playing Pokemon Go. Uh, I'm doing lots of Facebook lives and uh, I, I basically spent the last few days like deep down. I have a story commit on Thursday that I can't talk about, unfortunately. Um, no. and, but but, but then it's, it's, it's cool, but, but it's nothing that exciting. So I don't want to like overhype people. Okay. Um, and uh, <laughs> I, I, uh, I was, I was knee deep in, in prime day deals. I was, I was all about the prime day. So, so Pokemon go and prime day have basically been like my, my week. So that that's what I've been up nice. to. Are you going to see Ghostbusters this yes. week? Yes, yes, I am. Yes, I, I don't see think it I think I'm seeing Finding Dory this week, but I do want to see oh. Ghostbusters. It's been getting decent reviews, so that's all. That's all anyone wanted was a fine movie, a movie that was just fine. okay. I mean, hey, it's fine. That's yeah. The worst thing in the world happened to me today. Tell us. Oh no. Literally, I could not. I could not write a story more tragic. I finally went out to get Mac and Cheetos, and they were discontinued. What? I didn't get them. They're gone. Are they gone? That's what the. That's what the lady at the counter said. She said they are discontinued. Those were the words that she used as I stood crushed, crumbling before her icy gaze. Oh my god! So e- e- even the one on Broadway, like I knew that the Canal Street was sold out because that's what Henry Key. Henry T. Casey told us on on Twitter, but but I he said the one on Broadway still had them. I I didn't go to the one uh the one in the metro station. I didn't go to that one, but I went to the one on Seventh, uh, which is like a block over, and they were out. 
This is really disappointing. I had them over. The, I, I, I had them on Friday. I, I got them like from 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 no. one near my house. So I've had I had them twice. But I mean, maybe maybe I'll go check the other one. But I'm kind of if they didn't have them a block away, I doubt they'll have them on Broadway. I I tell you, you know, the next time you're in Boston, I feel like my Blue Apron skills have progressed high enough that I could create a reasonable facsimile. I bet they would taste better. I I, I would venture to say they taste better. The thing is, though, is that there's something to be said about eating, like, the fast food. Yes, exactly. I wanted the authentic, crappy mac and Cheetos. And I've been denied. I blame my sickness. Well, well, here, here, here's what I would say. I, I would hold out hope. I think that, you know, this is – obviously this means the test has gone so well that Burger King is going to do what they did with chicken fries. Remember when chicken fries were a limited-time menu item and now it's like what's holding the company in business? It's like keeping the company in business. <laughs> so I, I, I think that I think that this will be one of those things where they will they will see the light just as Taco Bell did. Although Taco Bell, I think, always knew that, that, that uh, the Doritos tacos – uh, we're, we're going to be a permanent menu item. Um, you know, they always say it's a test and then they're like, no, 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 it'll, it'll be, it'll be full time. So hopefully even if you can't get them now, Simone, we'll be able to get them for you sometime. Um, in other fast food news, because this is what I care about. Um, I'm very, very, very happy to uh, learn that the McGriddle is coming to all day breakfast in August. Oh, I'm so happy for you. Acceptable. Yeah, my, 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 that is very bad for you, it's very, it's very bad for me. There is a McDonald's very close to my office, and that is going to become something that I, I partake in. Not, not, not every day or anything, but like it'll be a once-a-week treat. It has like 800 calories. I know. <laughs> Again, a once a, it'll be my, my cheat day treat. Come on, Brie. Let me have a heart attack if, and peace. If it's the McDonald's I'm thinking of that I think is near your office, there's also an awesome gym a block there over. There is, there so is. You yeah, can, yeah. You can, can do that. and uh, uh, Maybe they'll put in a Burger King right next to my office and it'll always have mac and Cheetos and I'll never go without them again. I can't believe this. I know. You were sick and it was terrible. Well, I did have the chicken fries. Like that was my consolation was, okay, at least I can get chicken fries. They were good. They weren't Cheeto flavored. No. Okay. But that, but, but again, just, just saying like history did say that chicken fries were going to be a one, like a limited time menu option. And now they're part of the permanent menu. So like, That's so true. You, you, you should you, keep the faith. Now, now that you're verified on Twitter, you should like, you're verified, right? Yes. Okay. So you, you, you at Burger King. You should tweet at Burger King. You're like, where can I find these in New York? Honestly, that is a good idea. I, I'm not even joking. Like you should because you're verified. They'll actually pay attention to you. I I have to say though, I I kind of don't have sympathy for you, Simone. Like you knew this was coming. You were warned. We you, told I you mean, about you it. You were both. You know. I, it was literally like three yeah. weeks. Yeah. They, they were. It was a lightning round of a fast food test. I can't believe it. I mean, look, we'll give you like one of the weeks because you were yeah, sick. Yeah, so, so, sick. But but the yeah. other two, that's on you. Yeah, yeah. I have to agree. Yeah. No pity. <laughs> so, where can we find you online? Because <laughs> I'm not going to speak to you again until I get <laughs> my mac and Cheetos. Oh, we love you. There's there's a recipe here. I'm gonna I'll send this to you in Facebook chat. You can find me on Twitter continuing the assault against Simone. I won't keep there doing that. <laughs> Christina, what about you? You can find me on on uh, on, on Twitter, um, Instagram, Snapchat, the works at film underscore girl. 
You can find me on Twitter, tweeting every minute at Burger King. Where can I find mac and Cheetos? I'm so hungry and so sad. And on my Casper mattress the rest of the time. <laughs> Morning, what could have been. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the show. Uh, if you liked it, please leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, we, do, we appreciate that so greatly much. Uh, and this episode of Rocket is terminated. Terminated. <laughs> terminated. <laughs> <laughs>